Good evening. It's good to see you here tonight and watching us by live stream. I hope that the Lord has blessed you with your day. And uh, I pray tonight that you are ready for the Lord's Word. So if you would turn to the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter 3. And our text tonight again is from verses uh, 19 through uh, 21. But we will get into the rest of the chapter and hopefully finish it uh, up tonight. So if you have your Bibles, let's read together in Daniel chapter 3. Verses 19 through 21. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Let's thank the Lord for the reading of his word. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your precious word. And your word is truth. And Father, we need truth, especially in these days and times that we live in. I pray for the truth to come out tonight in our lives. And Father, change us. The word is to change us and to make us better Christians and to help us grow and mature. Help us tonight to get food for our souls so that we can be that that you want us to be. Father, we love you and we thank you for your mercy and your grace and your long-suffering towards us. Thank you for your love. In your precious name we pray, in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, this morning we talked about these lessons that are learned in this last part of the book of Daniel, chapter 3. We talked about the lesson of persecution. And then tonight we are going to talk on that lesson that we have in our second point of preservation, how the Lord gives us that preservation in our lives. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 24, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto him, or to the king, True, O king. So as we look at this verse, verse 24, we see that now these three Hebrew men, these young boys, were cast into that fiery furnace. And the king had expected that as they were cast in this fiery furnace, that they would just disintegrate, that there would be nothing left of them. That's what he was thinking on his part, because he thought he was in charge. He thought that, that what he said was law and what he said would happen. But as we look at this verse, we see that what he expected from them to go up in flames didn't happen. And the Bible says when he looked in there, he was astonished. Now, now think of that just a moment. This king who thought he was God. Uh, this king who thought he was all-powerful. 
He was astonished at what he was looking at. And that word astonished there means that he was amazed. He was just amazed uh, when he looked into this furnace. Matter of fact, I want you to look down now. Uh, Not only was he astonished, but in verse 25, he says this. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, now listen, and the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was there a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. These boys was... Faithful to the Lord. They, they loved the Lord. They, they kept their promise to God. And God had them thrown, I believe, into this, into this fiery furnace, into this persecution that we talked about this morning. Yet as they were thrown in this fiery furnace, the Bible says that they had no harm upon them, that they had no hurt, they, that, that they had no even smell of the fire upon them. You are aware right here tonight that this is a miracle of God. That what we're seeing tonight is a miracle. And I'm here to tell you, uh, God is still in the miracle business. God still does miracles. We, we know that when people are thrown into the fire, we know that they are burned. But these young men did not bow, they did not bend, and they would not burn, is what God said. He said, I'll have none of this. I'll I'll take care of them. We are clearly looking at one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. I hope that you have no trouble with miracles. You know, some people do. Some people believe there's no miracles going on in our day and time, but I'm here to tell you, you'd be wrong if you think that way. And by the way, if you think that way, I I don't know how you can have any joy in your heart and life. Because a miracle is what God does. It only comes from God, and this is a miracle. Don't have trouble with the miracles of the Word of God and miracles in your own life. Somebody says, well, to, to believe in the miracles of the Bible, you'd have to commit intellectual suicide. That's what the world says. You, you just have to be crazy to believe some of these things that are in the Bible. That's what the world says. But we know as Christians, we know as we sacrifice our life, and by the way, as Christians tonight, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give our lives to God. We're supposed to sacrifice our lives to Him. And even if there's a fire created in our lives, whether we die or whether we live, we win either way. Because God is on our side and God is with us. And I hope tonight that you believe in miracles. I hope tonight that you believe that God can do anything because that's the God I serve. 
Uh, he's the one that I believe in. He's the one that can take care of us no matter what is going on in our lives. He's the one who created this whole universe. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever been outside. I'm sure you have and looked up into the sky and just see how vast it is and how wonderful it is. Well, I'm here to tell you the God you serve, the God that you love is the one that created all of that. And if he created all of that, he can take care of the fires of our lives. God did it. God took care of them. God used these men. And if God chooses, He can make these three faithful young men fireproof. You say, how in the world did He did that? How did He do that? How, how did God make these young men fireproof? Well, it goes back to the book of Genesis. Here's the way we have to believe as Christians. We have to understand that Genesis 1.1 says this, In the beginning... That means from the time that time began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you can believe Genesis 1-1, then you can believe anything that the Bible has to say about miracles. Because creation is a miracle. These young men that went into this fiery furnace, they, they walked on these coals of fire and felt no harm. I'm here to tell you, they washed in the basin of fire. Now think about that. They washed in this fire. They felt no pain. God miraculously preserved them. It's the lesson of preservation. Listen, God will preserve you. God will take care of you. God will do what needs to be done in your life. Listen to me. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry if you're a child of God. And that's what He's teaching us tonight. That He perseveres and He helps us persevere. This is such an interesting miracle. Uh, notice that the king gets up and looks in. When he looks in, because of who he thought he was, and a and, and matter of fact, the world thinks that way now. The world thinks they know best for you. The world thinks that they make the best decisions for you. But listen to me tonight. Only God can make that best decision for you. And in looking, he looks into this fiery furnace and the Bible says that he can't believe his eyes. He, he rubs his eyes. He looks again and, and he sees that three men are there, but then he sees another man walking in the midst of the fire. He says, he goes back and he, he says in, in, in Daniel 3.25, he says, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now listen to me just a moment. Because you would think that maybe this, this king has now been saved because he says that. But I want to give you the true Hebrew meaning of what he says there because the text is a little bit confusing if you don't look inside of it and see what he's really saying what he's really saying here in the text in the Hebrew he's saying he's like a son of the gods you see he's not saved yet he's wicked he, he he's not been he's not been saved he's a godless king he's a pagan and so he tries to put it off as, a, as if, you know, it's another God. He didn't have a spiritual vocabulary. He, he really didn't know how to say what he was seeing. And by the way, you know, a lot of times when we see a miracle or we 
have a miracle in our life, it's hard for us to explain, isn't it? But the only explanation is God. God did it. Nobody else can do miracles but God. God did it. So, as you look down, this old pagan, godless king didn't have a spiritual bone in his body. He was trying to describe what he was seeing. He, he thought it was an angel. He even says that in verse 28, if you go down and look at it. He, he thought it was just an angel. He, he makes mention of that fact in verse 28. But I have no doubt in my mind. I have no doubt in my mind tonight who that fourth one was in the fire. The fourth one in the fire was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He came down to be in that fire with those boys. And by the way, folks, if you've ever been in a fire in your life, you've ever been through persecution in your life, let me tell you, uh, perseverance only comes from the Lord. God is the only one that can come down in the midst of your fiery furnace, in the midst of what you're going through. He's the only one that can come down and quench that fire in your life. There's nobody else. You can go to all everybody you want to. You can talk to everybody you want to. The only one that can give you any relief is the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no doubt in my mind who this fourth man was. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who it was. Every time I get in the fire, Jesus always shows up for me. That's the reason I know that, that, that He is real. I know that miracles are real because He has taken me out of the fire before. He has quenched the fire in my life. Now, when you look at this, this is what the Old Testament calls a theophany. And I want you to understand what that is. That means that it was a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was him before he was born in Bethlehem. This is one of those times in the Old Testament that you see him in the midst of the fire. You see him in a miracle. The Lord Jesus Christ. He appeared in certain times in the theophany in, in the Bible. Uh, he appeared to Abraham in the Old Testament. The Lord Jesus Christ wrestled with Jacob in the Old Testament. Now the Lord Jesus Christ, He assumes human form because the Bible says the king saw Him. The king saw Him. He looked in that fire and saw Him walking in the midst of those boys. He, he was there in human form. This was before His birth in Bethlehem. The Son of God, Jesus Christ Himself, comes down into that furnace. I, I like what one old preacher said. He gave an illustration. He said, I can imagine it was like this. The Lord was looking down from heaven and saw these magnificent boys. He had mentioned her name here in, in this Scripture almost 13 times. He knew who they were. And He knew. He looked down from heaven and He saw they wouldn't bow and they wouldn't bend to this pagan, wicked king's demand. I can imagine that here on this earth. Some of these people said, those boys are fools. But I can almost hear the Lord saying, I don't think so. 
I, I don't think they are. And the Lord steps out of heaven, steps down out of heaven from His throne in glory. The Lord comes down to be with these young men that said they would not bow, they would not bend, they would not do this. He steps down and He steps in to this fiery furnace. He walks over to the flames and puts His hands out and says, cool it. And they do. You say, I, I don't know, preacher. I'm here to tell you, if my God has the power to create this universe, my God has this power to create you and me and all the, the integral parts of a human body, if my God has that power to save, I'm here to tell you, my God has the power to step into the midst of the fiery, flaming furnace and save you and take care of you. It was Jesus. I have something wonderful to tell you tonight. I have something marvelous to give you tonight if you'll listen. And it's this, whenever you go through uh, trials, whenever you go through the fiery furnaces of your life, you can count it. Listen to me, because we're going to need this in the days ahead. We're going to need this sermon in the days ahead, in the midst of of the most persecution you've ever gone through, you can be assured that my God will step down and be with you through the Holy Spirit like you've never had it before. That's what God will do because He promises you that. He loves you. He will protect you from the fire. And like I said, if He decides to take us home, which is better? It's better to be home with Jesus. We can't worry about what this old world can throw at us. We can't cave in. We can't bow down. We can't bend down to this old world and their uh, things. We've got to step up and know tonight that God will take care of us. Every fiery furnace that we experience in our life, you can count on God because He'll be right there. Jesus will be right there. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That's what the Bible says. And I believe it tonight. I, I believe that He will be right there. He said, there's three that we thrown in this fire, wasn't they? Oh yes, O King, there was three we threw in this fire. But I see four men loose, walking around. The only thing this fire burnt was not their clothes. It didn't even singe their hair. The only thing it burnt was the ropes off their hands and feet. Can you imagine that? They wasn't in there squirming in the agony. There was no screams of agony from these boys. They were walking around in victory. And I'm here to tell you, victory is what you get when you go through the fire. The only thing that this fire burnt, as I said, was what bound these boys Matter of fact, one preacher put it this way. He said, it's amazing that Christians, when we go through the fire, it will be the freest that we've ever been. Now think about that. When we go through these fiery trials of our lives, it'll be the freest that we've ever been. And that's exactly what happens when you go through the furnaces of this life. God sets us free from those things that bind us. You want to know what it set these boys free from? It set the boys free from this old king. Because this king knew that their God was a great God. That's what he said. 
He knew that he could not do anything to these young men that God would not allow. And folks, listen to me. God is the same God today as he was then. He will not allow that in your life. He may take us home to be with him, but listen, the freest that we're ever going to be is when we go through these fiery trials. There's nothing this world can do to you. There's nothing. God's at work in our lives. Being saved is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. Knowing the Lord Jesus is what preserves you and keeps you. You're going through these things. It will happen. Persecution will happen. But the Bible says, listen to this, the Bible says that the fire will have no power on our bodies. That's what the Bible says. Not even a hair was singed. Not even a hair on their head was singed. Their coats had not been charred. There was not even a smell of fire on them. Think of this. I know you've heard this story a thousand times, but we're saying that persecution's coming. That we're going to go through it. That things are going to happen. This old world's going to turn against us. They're going to want us to bow to their substance, but God says you don't have to because I'll be right there with you. And God always comes through in His job. You know, when Jesus healed people in His ministry, it wasn't a partial healing. You remember all these people He healed? It wasn't just partially. He just didn't half do it. Listen, folks, when He healed people, it was forever. He healed them. The blind. The leprosy. I mean, all of these things when Jesus, uh, when He when he went and, and touched people and they rose from the dead, it was a healing. It was, it was what he did. And he can do it now. It's a miracle. But God's in the miracle-making business. So we have a lesson of persecution. A lesson of perseverance. And then last but not least, we have a lesson of promotion. Look at Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. This lesson of promotion. Read with me. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they may not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Now here's where it gets serious. Here's where we see the king starting to crack a little bit. He praises their God. He lifts up their God, the only God. He says, there's no God like this. And by the way, folks, there's no other gods like our God. He's the only God. All these other gods are false gods. I don't know what you worship tonight. I don't know. Maybe you're listening and you worship some other thing. You're worshiping your God. Let me tell you, it will never help you. It will never be with you. It will never protect you. Only the God, the true God. And that's what he says. Now, he's not converted yet. He, he don't know their God yet. He's not saved yet. But, he's getting, uh, but God's getting to Nebuchadnezzar. He, he, he's getting to him. He's, he's starting to work on his heart. God has convinced him that, they're, that these boys' God is the true God. And when you go through the fire, listen to me. When you go through these persecutions, that is coming. 
Those around you in an unsaved world see how you go through it. They're watching to see how you're going to go through these persecutions. They're going to see whether you're right or whether you're wrong. They're going to see whether you're true or whether you're false. Nebuchadnezzar saw what these boys were. They were willing to die for their belief, for their faith. Are you? He sees this great God. I mean, that's what the world sees when you go through persecution. And you persevere through it. They, they see who you serve. They see the power of God in your life. That's what God wants them to see through you. That's the reason He allows persecution. That's the reason He allows these fires. Because He wants the world, He wants people around you to see your testimony through it. That's what God wants. God is working on the life of Nebuchadnezzar. The Bible says that he promoted these three young men. What does that mean? Well, Daniel 3.30 says, The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't know how he promoted them. Maybe it was he enhanced their position in his government. Maybe it was that. Perhaps he gives them better places to live. I, I don't know. Maybe they worked for the king. He increased their salary. I don't know what he did. But he did something. The Bible says that he promoted them. And most of the time, if you will understand this, I hope you do, most of the time when we go through the fiery furnaces, if you'll think back, when we go through those times of persecution and we persevere through those, it's a time of promotion spiritually. We're a little stronger. We're a little more uh, foundational. We, we, we grow spiritually because you'll understand that when you start to go through that again and it doesn't bother you like it did before. It's a maturity thing. That's the way God works. He promoted them. But God is working in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. God has a way of using suffering to bring God's people to glory. Look at Romans 8.18. He says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. God says, There will be much more glory, much more of me shown out of you through your persecution, through what you're going through. Then he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, now stay with me, we're talking about this time we're living in right now. This is the same time. We may be a little worse. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light affliction, God says from heaven, what you're going through is, your, is just light affliction. He says it just happens for a moment. That's what he says, which is but for a moment. Worketh for us afar. Listen to this. Afar. Now when God says far, what do you think he means? More. He says afar more exceeding. Listen to the words he's using there. Afar more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. I know it. I, I understand it. I, I really do. The furnace don't seem right when we're going through it. Just like I said this morning, we want to excuse it. God, I've been living right. God, I've been doing it. And, and the old devil will get us thinking, maybe we've done something wrong. Maybe, 
you know, maybe we need to be. Maybe that's not the way it works. God allows sometimes his faithful servants to go through the fire to, to mature us and bring us to where we need to be. But it seems like maybe the furnace that you're going through is not right right now. You don't understand it. God says, listen to me, it's but for a moment. It just lasts a little time in your life. It just lasts a little while in your life. He will never put more on you than you can take. He's saying, wait. But I know when we're going through those times, it seems like eternity. I've been there. I know. I went through a furnace one time for about a year and a half. It broke me. But it broke me in a good way. It broke me to where God could use me the way He wanted to use me. The Bible tells us this fire worketh for a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. God is going to use that experience you're going through right now as gold. He's going to bring something out of you that you thought you never had. He's going to make more out of you than you thought you could ever be if you will just stick with Him. And know He's right there with you. And He's going to use what you're going through, maybe for some soul to get saved, or maybe even many souls to be saved. So I'm asking you right now, are you going through a furnace tonight? I wish I could give you better news about these persecutions in our lives, but it's a constant thing, really. And it's going to be more constant from here on out. Are you listening? From here on out, I believe the Christian's persecution is going to be more constant than it's ever been. But we've learned some things tonight. Don't worry. Because Jesus will be right there with you all the way, even till the very end. What He is saying is that I want to give you some encouraging words. There's a verse in Malachi that will be an encouragement for us tonight. If you look in Malachi chapter 3, verse 3. Listen to it. And He shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And He shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering of righteousness. Now we know he's talking here about the Hebrews, about the Israelites, but I believe we can apply this to us too. How do you purify silver? By going through the fire. And I believe God is wanting to purify us as Christians to to bring us to heaven. (laughs) I mean, I know we're going to be pure in heaven, we're going to be just like Him, but I think He's working on us now. I know he knows the time is close and he's working on us now. It's an amazing picture. This verse in Malachi 3.3 is an amazing picture of God. God is pictured here as a silversmith. He takes as a silversmith, he takes that silver which represents our lives and he puts it in a crucible. Then he turns up the heat. He turns on the fire. He makes it seven times hotter. He, he, he sets it afire and He begins to heat that crucible in the fire. 
That silver turns to liquid. That silver, what it does when he puts it in the fire, it turns to liquid and it sinks to the bottom. That's what happens when he turns the fire up. And then all the impurities of that silver rise to the top of that crucible. The silver, the purities in the bottom, but the other rises, the, the dross rises to the top and he takes something and he just skims it off. God talks about that about us. He uses many forms to describe this. He says sometimes it's like putting us on a potter's wheel. And He puts us there and He remakes us and shapes us and, and molds our lives. Well, The same thing, the same story is shown by putting us in the fire. What He does when He scrapes that dross off the, that dross off the top, that impurity off the top, then he carefully regulates the fire. He turns it down. He starts turning it down. He doesn't want to ruin the silver in the bottom. He wants to purify it, but not ruin it. The heat goes up again, and the impurities rise again. He skims them off again. And you say, how long does it take? Because I'm going through that right now. How long does it take for this process? How many years? How many months? When does it all? When does He get the job done in our lives? How do you know He's not going to burn the silver and spoil it? Because it's very interesting. He knows the silver. And He knows when it's ready to come out of the fire. He knows it's ready when it shines like silver is supposed to shine. And I'm here to tell you folks, God knows when you're ready to come out of the fire. You say, how did that happen with the three Hebrew boys? They walked out of the fire. Their clothes were not burned. Their hair was not singed. They didn't even smell like smoke. What a testimony. The same thing is true with you and me. Let me tell you something. When God puts us in the fire and, and we, the silver goes to the bottom and the dross comes on top and He wipes it off and He does it again and again and again. And when we come out is when we shine. Not been much shining going on lately. Not many Christians are shining for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you right now, as a true Christian, someone that really believes and really has Jesus in your heart, He's going to make you shine. He's going to see if you're willing to go through what we have to go through to shine. The Bible says that we are the light in this old world. And God uses His fire sometimes through tribulation through troubles to make us shine. And tonight I just want to tell you that God loves you and He'll be right there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll always walk in. And I want to tell you, when you go through these times, it's the best time of your life because you come out more mature and more light than you've ever been in your life. What a wonderful, wonderful, what a wonderful God that we serve. He's such precious to our lives. He's so good. And we need Him more than we've ever needed Him tonight. 
right now. And we'll need him tomorrow more than we needed him today and the next day and the next day and the next day because, folks, the fire has been heated and turned up. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we thank you, Father, for the way you love us. We thank you, Lord, for being our God and being right here with us tonight and taking care of us. And Father, we thank you for the story of Daniel that gives us encouragement that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, that you'll walk in the fire with us, that you'll let the silver sink to the bottom to take off the dross, to take off the things that are weighing us down. And as we come out of the fire, we'll shine for you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Now, you may be watching us tonight on live stream, and maybe this is the first time you've ever watched, and God is speaking to you right now. You know that the heat's been turned up in this whole world. You know that. I mean, even the world sees we're in trouble. Even our Congress people and our senators, and they see we're in trouble. They know this country's in trouble, this world's in trouble. And you know that. And God is speaking to you right now and He's telling you that you need to get right with Him before it's everlasting. And it is everlasting. If you die without Jesus, you will split hell wide open and it will be everlasting forever and ever and ever. But tonight, God is speaking to you. That miracle of the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you and telling you that you need to be saved. You don't really know what all that means, but... I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. What Jesus wants to do is He wants you to accept Him as your God. Jesus wants you to accept Him, and He has the right of that because He died for your sins. He died on the cross so that you could be saved. He took all your sins upon Him so you could be saved. And all you have to do is ask Him into your heart and accept Him as your Savior. And I'm here to tell you, if you... If you ask Him to come in your heart, He will save you. Say this little prayer with me. If you're out there and you're watching and you've never been saved, say this little prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm lost. And I've heard the gospel tonight, and I know it's true because my heart is telling me it's true. That inner voice is telling me that this is true. Lord, I, I heard that you died on the cross for my sins, that you shed your blood for my sins. Say those words. You... You were the sacrifice for my sin. And Lord, I accept tonight your sacrifice. Forgive me of my sins and take me to heaven to be with you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now listen, if you said that little prayer and you meant it, and the Holy Spirit was working on your heart, I'm here to tell you that when you said that prayer, God saved you. You may be out there tonight and you are Christian, but this pandemic has taken all your joy and happiness and gladness you're not really working for the lord you're not really getting ready to come back to church you just like it the way it is i'm here to tell you don't grow cold and indifferent on god and you know who you are because the holy spirit's telling you right now and i want you to say this little prayer with me if you've been saved but you've grown cold and indifferent lord jesus forgive me of my sins and help me to Work towards that day that I get back in your house and serve you. 
Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you for watching tonight. Listen, if you made a decision for Christ, go to that little contact us button, push it. Tell us what God did for you. Give us some encouragement around here. It encourages us to see people saved and to see people draw, drawing back to God and what He wants in their life. Make sure you tell us that. There is a contact on all of the outreaches that we have. It's on a Facebook and live stream and on our website and all this. Go to that and fill it out and tell us what God did for you. We love you and we thank you for watching us. God bless you. Get in the house of God. If you want to come, there's a place over there in the fellowship hall you can sit with your mask on and, and, and it'll be safe, I promise you. If you want to come in the sanctuary, that's fine. But if you want to go over there, it's on. You, and you say, well, I can watch you here at home. But there is just something about getting up on Sunday morning and making a sacrifice to come to God's house. Do that. God desires that out of you. Follow Him. Come to God's house. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for watching tonight. And uh, I pray that the Lord will be with you this week. God bless you.